0: i Spaces
1: Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, May 26, 2022. Today on the Ether, episode four of the Proton Blockchain Web3 Starts Here series Social Communities and Web3 with Lunar Crash. Let's take a listen.
2: Hey, hey, everyone. How's it going? Hey, Joe. Hey, Will. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey. How's it going? Just another bare Thursday. I love (laughs) (laughs) Bitcoin under 30K. It's, you know, how can you complain? When we've had it so good. And uh, in general, I feel that this is part of natural cycles. For all the crypto people that are not watching the stock market and the economy, it's, it's pretty grim. But, uh, you know, what can you expect when you print so many dollars? So I think things are going to get interesting over the next few months. I'm just glad I don't have any Shopify or Peloton. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like Netflix or, oh my God, like people are like, oh, crypto is so volatile, but that was pretty brutal. Yeah, I think
3: Shopify is off 80%, Eighty. it was like 85% maybe.
2: But it, so are most alts, right? Yeah. <laughs> down yeah. Like 80, 90%, so nothing new. What's the meme where it's like first time, right?
3: Right. Cool.
2: Hey,
0: John, welcome. Uh, what's, what's up, how everyone? Going? How you doing? how's it going great today this is pretty awesome i think we can officially say that you are the two well the first twitter verified people we found on our on our twitter space so we're (laughs) blessed with your ticks
2: wow i feel special
0: (laughs) magical Uh,
2: someday we'll have check marks too
0: it's coming it's coming um so look let's kick this off i mean look Joe and John, to give you a little bit of background, thank you um, so much for being here. It's, you know, fantastic that we were able to to have Marshall on Lunar Crush Live and, you know, to have a, a relationship with you guys is just absolutely fantastic. And, and we love everything that you're doing on um, with Lunar Crush. And, you know, we thought what better way to flip the script now and, and invite you onto ours. So thanks for being here. Um, of course, we're happy to we're happy to be here, man. Anything to yeah. support you. Anything to support you guys. <laughs> so yeah, so look, we started this four episodes ago, and it's been picking up really nicely. We started with um, we had Elena McWilliams, who was the former chairman of the FDIC. Um, so pretty uh, pretty high profile guest for episode one, thanks to uh, to Arena, and then we had um, Chris from Yellowcard. Um, which is um, an app role now across Africa. And then our last uh, episode was a bit of a a group team community update. And, you know, we, we wanted to bring more guests from outside our ecosystem to, you know, spread the good word of everything that you're doing, because I think more people need to know about Lunar Crush. And, you know, we know that from our community that, they absolutely love your platform, and they, they're always you know it's always a frequent topic of conversation in some of the telegram channels that we're in saying look how can, how can we get in the top ten this week?" and I think everything just absolutely imploded when proton and metal were both in the top ten at the same time, and like <laughs> we were quick to quick to pull that screenshot across the board so um, yeah so look let 's kick it off i mean the the topic of the of the space essentially is about social communities and, and Web3, and that obviously is, is massively um, obviously within your wheelhouse. But just to get us started, um, if you wanted to introduce yourself um, to our listeners today, you know, and, and specifically outside of you know, Web3 and crypto, how, what did you start your career in, and, and how did you to get into the space? So to, to Joe and John, respectively, that question. Do you want to kick it off, John, or you want me to go?
4: Um, you know, I'll I'll go. I mean, um, you know, for me, I, I've I've always been interested in investing. I mean, ever since I was probably five years old. Um, you know, I got got into baseball cards, traded that for traded. I still love my baseball cards to this day. Um, and now a lot of those mechanics are are evident in NFTs, even in a in a, in quite a consistent manner. Um, got into stocks when I was young. Got into crypto back in 2013 as Talking to some friends about it and I was curious, started looking into it and went, Oh my god, this is going to change the world. Um, really started like looking at you know different uh different projects early on. You know, I was interested in things like you know, like Monero from a privacy perspective way back when that launched. Um, interested in like what Litecoin was doing way back, interested in it. Wow, Ethereum, this this like world computer, what's going on? This is cool. Um, and it, a lot of that curiosity led to like, you know, ended up chatting with Joe all the time about crypto. We, we had worked together at the time um, at another job, but, um, you know, really had this curiosity ever since and like have not looked back. Um, and and I, I'd say like where this kind of uh, led to to Ludacrush was like, man, we're discovering a lot of stuff on social, but we have no idea of, you know, what... What exactly is, is like? Are there more people talking about Bitcoin today? Are there less? Um, what's the sentiment like? Are are people engaged in these posts? Like, we started asking these questions, and 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 I I'd, I'd almost say like when we first started, it was more like we were building this tool for ourselves, um, trying to understand the market as investors, trying to understand like like wow, this is you know this is really powerful information, this social information, and and I think you know as we there's four of us at the time that got together and we were, were experimenting with this and started collecting information and, and then trying to build an interface on top of all that interfa- information and trying to make sense of it. Um, we started realizing we have a we have a product here. We have a company. This is this is interesting. And, you know, it took a little while for us to leave our jobs and then we did. Um, and then, you know, Joe and I went through Techstars um, and then like the rest was history. We haven't looked back. And I think what was that? Three, three years ago, three and a half years ago yeah um yeah and you know that's, that's four, sort of four level years level. this june four years it's crazy yeah, yeah. so grown a little bit since then um and we're we're doing we've, we've probably never built at the at a rate that we're building right now in fact i, I know we haven't uh, we're we're launching something big every week for as far as i can see it seems like um and really like you know a lot of a lot of uh I'll let Joe talk more about the, the spam thing that, we're, that we just launched that's going to fight spam because that's such a big topic. Um, but I'd say we're just, you know, we're, we're listening to the community and, and we're, we're constantly iterating. And it's interesting. It's almost on two fronts because like on one, we're trying to build the greatest analytics tool that we possibly can because crypto sorely needs analytics. Um, and there's so many dimensions to analytics in this space. Um, and there's, you know, what we do is kind of interesting because it sort of bridges that like Web 2, Web 3 gap in a, in a way where, you know, there's a lot going on. Like we're, we're on Twitter right now. That's a, that's a Web 2 product right there, right? And so there's still things happening. Um, and, and we're sort of kind of in the convergence, I guess, of Web 2 and Web 3. Um, and, and there's a lot of really interesting things you can do with that. Um, so, so that's, that's the high-level story. And uh, Joe, Joe, I'll let you take it from there. Sure. Yeah. No. I mean, John's actually the one that introduced me to
3: Bitcoin. It was twenty fifteen, and it was actually like the the bottom of the market, which was nice. Um, so I, I got some Bitcoin at like one hundred ninety five dollars, and I think I sold it at like two hundred one. Um, so that was that was fantastic. Um, but uh, just kind of finding that and and understanding it a little bit and reading the white paper, it was like, okay, like this is this is a disruption of a lot of different things, and it kind of felt like. It was the same thing as when, you know, the Internet's kind of coming out and you're going like, okay, it's not just going to disrupt one thing. It's going to disrupt everything. And and there's never been anything like it. And so we don't know how to value it. And and it kind of feels the same thing with Web3 and crypto and why so many people, especially right now, are having a great time just like dunking on the space. And it's because they still don't understand it, you know, and and eventually they will and they will come around because it's going to be integrated and composable across all of the different tools that they use and the apps that they use are going to still look the exact same, except, you know, there's not going to need to be, you know, especially in things like finance, you know, a 50,000 person company behind, um, you know, providing you the service to move your money around um, and costing you a lot of money. It's going to be um, some sort of, you know, DAO driven, community driven um, platform that's out there. And, you know, you get to share in the upside of that in a bunch of interesting ways, whereas right now, the middlemen get to take all that from you, Um, data, money, all the value, they're kind of sucking out of it. And so it's like, I kind of felt something like that happening. You didn't really know it at first, but you just kind of like, when you're starting something new, really, all you're doing is looking around and going like, okay, are these all like my gamer friends when I was a kid running this industry? Or is this like the lawyers in the suits? And it's like, okay, it looks like it's like the gamer and tech folks. Okay, I'm definitely like down for that. And then it's like when you're trying to start something, you're just looking at the market and trying to understand, hey, like, where are the gaps right now? And and what is going on? And when Ethereum came out, it was like, holy shit, like, how do you know what project actually has value and what doesn't when maybe the team's not even doxed or they're pseudo anonymous? Or, you know, you see a couple of people tweeting, you know, to buy Bitcoin private, you know, and you're like, okay, maybe that one's going to go up. And then you, you know, look at, you know the API coming through, and you're like, okay, actually, like that is a very small community compared to, you know, Bitcoin, and that community started like three weeks ago, where Bitcoin's been around for eight years at this point. Um, and so we just felt like there needed to be some more tools and fundamental tools out there for people to understand a little bit more about what was going on, and we wanted to create transparency and and really just push this industry forward because we believed in the change that it can create and the change that it is creating, and so we've just been really lucky to um, stay out there and stay consistent and build through a couple of bear markets. And we're excited to build through this next one. Um, because I think the, I think a, there was a, a lot of much needed change that is going to come on the outset of this one that, um, you know, we'll, will fi- I think finally push it over the edge, even though you can't say it's been pushed over the edge, but I think we're still, we're still not
0: there yet. So I'm excited to, uh, keep on building. Awesome. Thanks for that. No, it's uh, it's super, super interesting. Um, and I think we're we're feeling a lot of the same things at the minute, but you know I know personally from behind the walls in our camp that despite you know things that are happening in the market nothing you know nothing changes for us we're just head down and and we just keep charging forwards and you know I think that really comes from just a deeper belief on on everything that people are doing in the space and i personally i mean I've been around for about a year and a half with metal and and proton, but you know the the positivity and the energy of the people that you work with is just incredible, and I think that's what just keeps you know keeps it alive. People keep driving forwards to to push and achieve what they're doing, and you know it's it's just a fantastic space to to be in, no doubt. Um, I think the the next part, and just for a, just to set the stage a little bit, was that in terms of Luna Crush as a platform, could you just give A little bit of uh, explanation to to the listeners of how Lunar Crush works from, you know, from a top line perspective. Sure. Yeah. So Lunar Crush, we're a social intelligence company
3: for cryptos. What we're doing is we are aggregating all of the world's social media data that is crypto specific right now. Um, And what we're doing is we're looking at places like Twitter and Reddit and YouTube and all of the news out there and across um, 3,500 different cryptocurrencies in real time, what we're doing is we're pulling down all of that data and trying to make sense of it and trying to kind of distill that noise into some sort of signal. Um, and so as that data comes through, we get really interesting information. We understand which news articles are trending and who are the specific influencers or KOLs that are you know, posting about some of these things. And so kind of goes back to what you were saying a little bit at the beginning of how you guys are using lunar crush um there isn't you know as we've grown this over the years you know there's not just one use case for what we have like a lot of the projects are out there using it to understand you know what does my community look like who are the people that are coming on board and starting to talk about what we're doing um and from a investor or retail standpoint people are looking at it and saying you know hey like you know i didn't know that this I didn't know this project before because and now it's in the top 10 you know alt rank or top 10 from a social like mention standpoint um where when you're looking at the market traditionally you might be sorting by market cap or you know you might be looking at it in a different way so what we're trying to do is just kind of uncover um you know some of the potential discovery around there around really awesome projects that people haven't heard about um, because we're trying to kind of distill. The, the quality to the top, because that's kind of what's going to drive this industry forward. And so all sorts of different use cases. We have um, an API that we're kind of reworking right now. It, it was actually the first thing that we launched. And we have exchanges that use that to determine, you know, who should they list next that has the, you know, the best community um, that maybe their competitors don't have. Um, so lots of different use cases. But really, the, the idea is, you know, to just kind of create this transparency so that people can understand. Um, that, you know, without a community, there is no crypto and that community is a kind of massive standpoint um, where that's driving a lot of the value in crypto. And then very shortly here, actually, we're going to have Lunar Crush for NFTs, um, which, you know, nothing, you know, if you think that community drives tokens in crypto, um, it's the only thing driving the NFT communities. So um, a lot of a lot of fun stuff. And then, you know, on top of that, a lot of other things will be launched here, hopefully sooner than later, depending on. How quickly we can keep building. If we launch a thing a week, like John is saying, who knows, maybe it'll only be three weeks before we have another massive announcement. How, how many have you got in your
0: team then now? Sixteen. Oh wow. It started with the two of you and then it's just been building and building, right?
3: Yeah, there were four there are four of us to start, and you know, we've we've got up as as big as twenty, but you know, what we've kind of found is it's it's not necessarily the quantity of of people, it's the passion and and the talent that specific individuals can bring. And, you know, sometimes finding a couple of people that are so passionate about what you're doing and, um, you know, want to be a part of it. And if, you know, as a leader, you can, you know, make sure that everyone is feeling like they are a part of it and they actually have a a stake in what you're doing, then what you find is that you kind of have this like one plus one equals three. And in our case right now, it's like one plus one. You know, it's equaling 50. So we've been pretty fortunate to find some, some pretty amazing people.
0: Yeah, it was um, – we're, we're in the process of, like, mapping out um, for a new site. And I was just doing some research on um, a couple of other projects. And one, um, one Web3 project on their careers page essentially had an asterisk at the bottom of the page, and it said hide from the community. And I swear I checked on this and it was like CTOs, directors of marketing, you know, community managers, developers, and like over 50% of these people were already active in that project's community before they actually joined the team, which I think is, you know, it's really cool that people's passions are coming before and then essentially they're stepping into jobs that, you know, they already love. I
3: think that's what we were talking about on our live stream with you guys and Marshall was was that very thing. And I think that's kind of, what I think pushed me over the edge of thinking about some of that stuff even more was, you know, wh- like, why would you hire from anywhere else outside of the community that's already a part of what you're doing? Cause it's, I think it's the learning gap in web three is difficult, you know, and everyone can learn it. All they have to do is dedicate some time. Um, but if you can find people that already understand, you know, they've used like wormholes, they use the bridge, they have a lot of wallets, you know, they've, also now also know what your product does and they're a part of that community it's you know just it takes that onboarding time down to a uh, very very small percentage of what normally it is
0: and that's that's like one of your prerequisites Marshall right hiring people
2: you got to be involved in the community you know a crypto is about community I saw I'm, I'm not a fan of Michael Saylor tweets. I saw a tweet that he wrote today that was, uh, you know, something about you, you may have almost achieved it if you you created a crypto and people are using it, uh, you know, and, and I was I was criticizing you. I those aren't words for crypto. It's about we right. It's about what we build together. So crypto, if, if you have a cryptocurrency and you have one holder, you don't have anything. Right? You, know, you have to have a community of people and uh, the people that are going to be really passionate, I've found in the space are the people that just show
0: up and are like, what can I do? Yeah, I think, I think as well, like a, a big thing that I, you know, and I think Joe and John, you can probably answer this better than than we can, but despite the sort of, you know, upside of financial gain for a lot of these social communities that are supporting projects. I just see in general, like that they're working for these brands for free. Right. And a lot of the time it's not always focused on, you know, pump the price and stuff, but they're really trying to like support the, the overall industry or what a project's doing in terms of its technology. And, you know, I, I, I've worked in multiple industries from, you know, retail, sport, hospitality, and I've never seen like this community of brand fans get behind, um, behind something so strongly. It, it, I think that there's
4: a different perspective on it. I mean, like a, a few things, like, like for one, the, the smartest people out there in the world are looking at this space going, this is my future. Right, they don't care where it's at at the second because they think they believe it's the future. They believe it's early. They believe that it's early days and that there's a a, a ramp ahead that will keep the entire rest of their. Life. And and I think you know it's interesting too because if I gave you the short term perspective of oh my god look at everyone's price look at all the layer ones look at everything's down so much and oh let's panic some more why don't we if I told you that on one hand yet at the same time frame as that. Um, that the number of people that are talking about crypto has gone up more than 400% over the last year. And that's down from 800% just a few weeks ago. right? So it's it's, it's down from a 800% gain. And it's now only a measly 400% more people talking about crypto than were a year ago. And by the way, a year ago, that was an all-time high. So if you kind of look at it that way, and you look at the fact that Like right now, uh, a lot of people are experiencing their first downturn ever in crypto. If you've been here since I don't know, say the the start twenty ten, I don't know, you've probably experienced a dozen, at least three or four. If you've gotten a little here, Um, and these were all times that everyone said even Bitcoin was going to die, right? And and so I, I think if you look at this from the perspective of the the younger individuals out there are are trying to learn experiment build stuff, what is it like? How do I mint an NFT? How do I sell an NFT? How do I promote an NFT? How do I build a community around that NFT? It's not about money. It eventually will make people money, the people that build value, that keep focused space. But I, you know, I, I think those that come in, um, you know, I, I'm glad in a sense that a lot of the market's down because it's showing people that you should not come and do any space in your life and say, hey, I'm going to put a hundred bucks in and I'm going to make a million dollars tomorrow. And if it doesn't, I'm going to call it a scam. Like that has to stop. And I think it, it's in a sense, it's a, it's like a rite of passage for some of these people to get burned in a way because they have the wrong perspective. This is a, crypto is a space that will outlive. Everyone listening right now. I mean, and that's how we need to build. That's how we need to operate. That's how we need to function. That's how we need to plan. And um." I think, again, when you look at the size of the community and the growth of it, it's straight up. It's just straight up. It's like a never-ending uptrend. So just don't forget that. It would be my my big statement there.
2: I think that's so cool that, you know, from your guys' perspective, that's what I love about this, you know, uh, about this episode is that, and the Lunar Crush perspective is that your chart is really only up, right? Like the social mentions and engagements and people getting involved in crypto and i'm an early crypto guy right i was around when nobody cared uh the the meetups the groups the events the first real big event was in 2013 right um prior to that it was all like really small little niche groups where it's like five or six people and i'm not joking right like in a food court in a mall or um, in a hacker space or something like that, and I see some people. Um, I see some uh, people that are here that have been uh, been there, you know, during that time um, listening in the space. It's really, you know, we've gone from like zero to a hundred, and now on Twitter, on on Twitter, you've got the richest man in the world, talk, who's attempting to buy Twitter. The former CEO became a crypto Bitcoin maxi guy. Musk is a you know altcoin bitcoin just pro crypto guy, and it, it's the craziest thing you've ever seen. Like, social crypto is going to an all time high, and Facebook rebranded to Meta for Metaverse, which is really kind of a crypto concept. And Facebook even tried to do its own crypto and failed, which you know, some could maybe see that coming. But I think that's it's just so interesting because we're we have this huge curve, and like you said, um, John, even though some people are having this, like, this is their first correction. Or, you know, people, you know, weren't, maybe weren't here in 2017 or saw some like really big corrections, right? Um, the the trajectory is crazy, right? Everything is going to be using crypto. And the last thing I want to say on that is just, you know, it's evolving so rapidly. If you read Vitalik's uh, post about soulbound tokens and you're, if you're in the NFT space and you're watching this stuff evolve, I think there's a lot of people in crypto that are like, I don't get NFTs, and they've been around for a while, right? The space is moving so fast, and the, the social graph is just like a hockey stick. You know, it it, it is, and you know, it, at the same time,
4: when you layer in the fact, I think the Twitter example is a great one because it starts to uh, make the conversation around scaling really important. You know, like if and, and Facebook, how the, the failure it makes that conversation really important, like. If you think about it what what you're actually saying by you know Elon buying Twitter and all that, there's also a conversation about free and tokenization at the same time, right, and so you know if Twitter were to tokenize what what chain are they going to use? what does that look like how how would that work at that scale? Nothing has ever been built at that scale on a blockchain and and what would they put on blockchain versus not? you know it's the other thing it's like. When you start to think of like, we've been in these early days of just blockchain development in general, with a lot of experimental applications for the most part, um, a lot of these dApps, I mean, they don't know how to build their brand. They don't have a lot of users. They don't have a lot of transactions. And this is you, you, like unanimous across the space. Some are very successful, but most are not. And, and when you look at this, you start to go, wait a minute, the next leg of, of apps, of dApps that will be built will be far larger than the ones that have been built so far. And so you start to ask some very serious questions around like, well, well what chains are they gonna use? What, will, what, it, what actually has the right architecture to scale for that? And it's like, you got that on one hand and you got just hockey, like as you said, you said hockey stick growth around community size, layer those two things together. And it's just, it's just explosive. It's just like, there's, there's um, it's an entirely different story than looking at short term movements. Um, And it's pretty damn exciting. Just to tag on to that, like Marshall, you're talking about the
3: communities, right? And like I, I was kind of mentioning, you know, with crypto, it's all about community. And with NFTs, it's purely community. And just like crypto kind of started really taking off once DeFi, you know, started to mature a little bit and people can understand like, oh, okay, I could like lend this money at this rate. And like, I can be the bank a little bit, or if I need money, I could borrow it. You know, not over collateralized yet, but hopefully here soon with NFTs. It's kind of the same thing. It's like if if NFTs like the fact that NFTs look the way that they do and that they're worth millions of dollars, you should inherently understand that it has nothing to do with the art, <laughs> has nothing to do with what that thing is. It just started like that because it's like, well, why not have it be something a little fun? Right. But what it's, is it's fun- all
2: part of the community. Right. Sorry to interrupt. I just want yeah, to say, yeah. like it's like Goblin Town right? Like you would just want to be a goblin.
3: Right. I I think I forget the guy who didn't want to sell his CryptoPunk for $10 million because he was like, I'll lose my identity. Who am I now? Right. And that should tell you everything that you need to know about its rights and access. It's a community. It is, you know, the country club of the future is, you know, a DAO that is rights and access from the NFT that you own. And your people are just finding community online in a different way. And all they're trying to do is find people that are like them, that potentially want to do similar things that they want to and hey guess what now we can kind of commingle this money together and do what we want to do with it whether we want to buy the Wu-Tang Clan album whether or not we want to buy a golf course or the Constitution or one day it's going to be you know hey we're going to buy this bank or whatever else it's just a, a much more efficient and better way to organize which kind of gets back to solving you know the double spend problem and, and getting rid of the middleman and people can access all of these amazing tools through communities and you know how do you measure that and what do you do um and so that for us it's that that's what it's all about is helping people understand whether it's to invest in a specific you know token out there that you want to you know someone sends you a dm and they're like hey check out step in right and you know you have no other place to go to see what the community looks like or hey which DAO do i want to join right you know there's a lot there um where we want to help people understand those communities and it it doesn't stop it, you know, tokens and NFTs.
0: I think another thing that we've sort of been looking at at the minute as well is that, you know, there's a lot of positivity in the space, but equally, I think there's, there can be quite a lot of negativity with certain social communities. And I don't think that just impacts individual projects, but I think it impacts the overall industry as a whole. Um, you know what are you what are your thoughts on that, and how does Luna Crush play into you know the the negative sides of things? and what do you think is you know if there was one piece of advice to give to a passionate you know social community member behind their project, how can they work within that that space to sort of combat that negativity that is a
4: that is a very loaded question. a lot of different tips there, but um, let's start with with one thing. I mean. The, the space moves fast and, and we measure um, influencers. We measure the people that have the most engagement following an activity. And I can tell you that um, those influencers, the top ones, are posting anywhere between 20 to 40 times a day, every wow. single day. And so, like, that's kind of one just note right there. Because so if you look at the, the frequency, um, frequency matters. And and. Quality matters to an extent, but I would say like, if you're talking about like promoting your project, you can't, you can't like create a video for every tweet. You can't, you know, go through nine rounds of review before every social post. You can't um, do a a video that's in a studio, a live stream, and then post it on YouTube and build your channel out. And it's going to take you a week. The frequency is too much for that. So, and the market doesn't move at that rate. The market moves in a very agile, fast manner, right? And so if you're looking to promote your product, you have to realize that frequency matters and it's not just for fun. It's the fact that you have users in every single time zone across the world. Mm-hmm. So like how we look at it on our side is like and we have we have people on our on our communications and social side of our business that like that that look at this from a 247, 365 manner. Like you know, at at some point people need to be managing community while you're asleep when whatever time zone you're in. So I would look at frequency that way and I would look at your audience that way. You know, if you look at like the old way of doing business, the majority of what businesses are 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 captive to is their own domestic borders. Right. Yeah. And so like people operate in a specific country and they have most of an audience there. And at some point then they go international and and like crypto doesn't work that way. Crypto from day one without your choice is international. And so I think when you look at it that way and you look at the people talk projects, um, it means that you need to work on frequency. You need to think about your, your users as being everywhere. Um, they're from all walks of life, every class, gender, race, everything. They're all over the world. They're everyone. That's, that's a huge disruption to anyone that's traditionally worked in any form of promotion or marketing because it, it, like there's no audience targeting it's everyone you, yeah. might, have an, you might have an ideal user it's not going to happen um but but like i think you, like that would be my first advice is to have like a global view um, second i would say like deal with engagement like a lot of people post and go away um, you know like that that works for the people that are following you already and it works within your own posts but get out there in other people's posts like if you got a problem with someone's perspective on something, go talk about it. If if someone's supporting you out there, go encourage. Them. But but you know, like get get involved. Um, and the other thing I would say is, you know what? Like the the trolls are everywhere, um, and and trolls are are out there to 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 get uh, to get some action out of you, to get you angry. Um, they want you to post negative stuff back to them, so it looks so you look bad. Um, and the larger your account is, the more you get. Um, it happens publicly it happens in 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 direct messages it happens on discord it happens on telegram Um, you know try and it's not always easy but uh, try to stay positive and try to focus on what matters um, versus you know someone's individual opinion for sure
0: I think there's a really interesting point there you said about you know time zones and that global approach and I think a lot of businesses outside of web three have a lot that they can learn from our industry. Right. Because I think, like you said, people are so, you know, businesses are so tied to their own geographical borders yet. As brands are getting better and better at scaling globally and, you know, people finding brands that they like that aren't necessarily in their country, they need to be receptive to this. And that, you know, gets me thinking like, I remember when we were setting up the web chat for, um, when I worked at Formula One in Abu Dhabi, and you know, our hours were like 8 a.m. till I think five PM or something like that. But you've got to remember there's a whole audience of people that are gonna travel from all over the world to come to a race like this. And I think, you know, what one thing definitely that that we're already doing at Metal is we do look to have that global coverage across the board, whether that's in telegram groups, whether that's on social channels or um you know, our customer service support. And I, and I think you're so right. There shouldn't really be any limitations now for brands talking to their customers 24 hours a day.
2: I have a question for you guys. What's, what's the, um, what has everything been like the past few weeks have been really crazy, right? With Luna and UST, the whole stable coin discussion. I was, I feel like I was the crazy guy two years ago um, in DC. Like, hey, we need to regulate Cryptocurrencies, but in a friendly way, and define the different types of stable coins so people don't think that they're all the same. If one of them, you know, and at the time I was thinking Tether, right, explodes, right, Um, and and we should we should define like some are kept in banks, some are algorithmic, some types of algorithmic ones are based on collateral, and some are based on seniorage shares or maybe nothing at all, right? Um, But we should know, and there should be like a disclaimer, and so when everything blew up over this past couple of weeks where Luna and UST goes into a debt spiral, right? And we saw that happen. A lot of people didn't think that that could happen, obviously, otherwise they wouldn't be invested. They wouldn't be holding, um, you know, but greed is a powerful thing. Greed powers Bitcoin and proof of work, by the way, right? Um, you can't, it's hard to attack because greed secures it, right? But what has it been, so, sorry, I'm getting to my question. What has it been like on Lunar Crush? What, I mean, I'm, I just became a pro member recently, which was really cool by the way. but how do you know how have you seen a change in the social dynamic and things that are going on because i really I've been in crypto a while I, I said that like a few times everybody knows that but uh i've been I've been in this space for a while and I've seen sentiment and I've never seen anything like this happen before. I've seen uh seniorage based stable coins like new bits, not a lot of people may. Remember that collapse? That was tiny. It wasn't billions of dollars. How has the sentiment and kind of the community changed? Uh, and what have you seen you know, running Lunar Crush? You see all the different types of sentiment. I saw something very bizarre. I really did not expect where people were buying Luna and just burning it. You know, what, what are you guys seeing uh, in terms of like how people are evolving in their views of crypto, I guess, through social?
3: Multi-part answer there, Marshall. Um, you know, for some of the things that we did see was we, we have seen a, an increase in interest out there, like like I posted something a couple of days ago about, you know we had the most number of individuals ever in the history of us collecting social information, unique individuals talking out there at a time where um, you know the market cap of the entire industry is the lowest it's been, you know, in six months or a year. So it, it got the mainstream attention for sure, um, but the narrative around why Luna and Terra happened is incorrect. People think that it was, um, you know, people think that you know because it was algorithmic, it wasn't stable, it was backed by this other thing. Yes, that's true, but the reason that it failed is because the market making and centralized exchanges in our industry are still based on the old guard. All of the same large market making companies from, you know, that were trading wheat and corn on the Chicago Board of Trade are also the same people that are trading cryptocurrencies. And so the reason that the peg was lost on UST um, was because of some sort of acute event that happened that triggered a um, kind of a waterfall effect of a run on the bank, which can happen to anyone. Um, But it wasn't necessarily because of their technology or what was out there. So it like you know it's just my opinion, but my opinion is if like Terra did not or UST did not have four hundred different centralized exchange pairs out there across all sorts of different um, you know centralized exchange specifically you know because it's the darling of the space and everyone wants to list it and it was purely dex based we might have not seen what happened um, you know so it's it's that is the reason that this is all this is like my big hope for the next cycle of this is centralized exchanges have. Far too much power in this space. Um, the Wait, market- centralized
2: exchanges, you mean, not dexes or Correct. Are you saying dexes. Okay, no, no, I was Centra- like, centralized
3: team. exchanges. Okay. Was- Sorry, I don't know if I am muffled this. The centralized exchanges have far, far, far too much power. The market making folks have far, far, far too much power, and they hold that over everyone. Um, and so, this is an anomaly of that happening. Um, and so, I'm, I'm hoping that as some of this stuff gets uncovered and there's a industry debrief that. You know, like like Terra will live again, like USD or something better than that will live again. We all remember the first Dow from 2016 that blew up. And now, like, here we are, you know, a couple of years later, this will happen. But um, what needs to wash out of the space, which it's going to be difficult because the amount of capital that these folks has have is um, just the stranglehold of like these these, you know, the markets and all of the projects kind of needing to. Think or they think they need to go over to this side of hey we need to be traded we need to be out there we need to do this but now you're beholden to these exchanges and so um, you know anyone that's out there thinking about launching something I would say uh, walk very lightly around that path and and maybe choose a different one um, because they're out there now.
2: I I just want to preach for a moment because you got me all ex- like fired up. Uh, there's a war th- so this is kind of going to be maybe part of the theme of this uh, this discussion today. There's a war on retail right now, and you can't see it. And, and we, we only saw the tip of the spear recently with uh, AM, AMC and BlackBerry, right? We saw in the securities world and Robinhood and Citadel Securities. Guess who just entered crypto? Citadel Securities and Robinhood. Guess who's going to launch a non-custodial wallet in crypto? Robinhood. And you know, what is Robin Hood's business model, lest we forget? It is selling the trade order flow data to their largest investor, Citadel, who uses that to usually there, there's all different types of market makers. Like you said, they have far too much control. And, you know, Doe may have suffered from his hubris and flown too close to the sun, but, um, you know, his the size was not size and all this stuff. He didn't see it coming. He was tricked. Right. But at the same time, he also had a, uh, you know, there's lots of people. Uh, I have large market maker friends that, and we'd all agree his system was flawed. Right. Um, and yeah, he was tricked. That's kind of, you know, how it works. Citadel has, you know, and I guess I I, I don't, I have to be careful here. Right. But, uh, you know, they entered the market, they took a short, for those that don't know, they took a massive short positions on weak stocks and they were basically preying on a lot of retail traders. And the retail real retail traders figured that out and organized on Reddit and basically flipped the shorts, causing Citadel to lose billions. And uh, there was, you know, these these stocks mooned or whatever, right? After that, people realized that how fixed the game was because Robinhood and a lot of other apps shut off trading, which actually harmed retail. So these apps, a lot of these apps are like very anti-retail, right? Um, coming from the that world. So what is a non-custodial crypto wallet going to do? Maybe sell MEV data, right? And Citadel's first entry into the space, you know, so I heard, and I, you know, I, they haven't publicly uh, admitted this, so, I, and it's all rumor, speculation, full disclosure, but I, I believe they were involved in the UST Luna short. I heard uh, at the Bitcoin Miami conference, um, they were there, you know, asking questions and things like that about Luna. And, how these things work. Uh, So I just want to say, we're learning that, we're learning that different platforms have, you know, used the customer as the product. And really in the case of Luna and UST, you know, people were saying that, where does the anchor, you know, uh, where does this come from? And anchor was like a real lending platform, but I guess it was subsidized by, you know, outside funds, right? To get that 20% uh, just flat fixed rate. So I just want to say, you know, we have to evolve our systems. We have to realize that there as, as consumers and, you know, as as people out there that are into crypto, we really have to make smart choices. We have to support the platforms that are transparent and give us the trust, right? Like Lunar Crush, where we can get all the data. We can find out what's going on. When it comes to stable coins, when it comes to trading apps, we should pick the companies. That have really stood by customer service and and like metal pay uh, and stood by their customers, right? because you know if you're if you're cannibalizing the customer, how long can that go on for before you know the brand is tarnished right so and and also on the topic of stable coins, I think people really need to have you know in app and this is something we're working on at metal, you know put in the app like the risk disclosure, explaining what type of stable coin it is, how it works, that type of thing. And it's another reason, you know, we're building metal dollar on Proton is, uh, you know, we we really should have more options. And like you said, there were all those UST pairs in the future. I think, you know, what's going to happen and something like metal dollar is going to become very big because you have uh, a Dow that can use reserve backed assets. And we should use reserve backed assets if we're parking it there in stables. I think synthetics are an experiment. And they can be used to gain, uh, you know, to, for example, in the case of Dai or something like that. But the seniority share models are very, very, very risky, and they should have disclaimers on them on all platforms, really.
3: Mar- Mars is a great point, and if you think about it, is so how is something an algorithmic stablecoin when, in order to support the peg, you have to sell a billion dollars of Bitcoin in the open market and buy a bunch of UST on centralized exchanges.
2: Well, that was the trick. That was the trick <laughs> by the market makers, right? So right. You, you know, Doe like he had drank like his own, you know, ego juice or whatever, and he was just flying high, right? And there was nothing that could stop him, right? And so these traders knew that. And they also, the funny part about it was they also knew that, um, that uh, they also knew that they couldn't um, essentially short it that easily and enter into it by uh, essentially, you know, they have to acquire a lot of Luna, which would have drove up, driven up the price. So that OTC trade for all of that Bitcoin was kind of like the bait, right? Like, hey, you know, you wanna do this huge, large block order OTC trade? Once they had that, they were in those market maker's hands, AKA Citadel, all these other, you know, and there's a lot of big ones out there. Um, what's the, you know, I know Galois was, is, was big about it. Um, uh, I'm a big fan of them. Um, Uh, What's the one big trader? I'm blanking on his name right now. His photo is the bird on Twitter, but he's uh, born again or something. I forgot his name. Great Revival or something. Anyways, he, you know, they saw it coming. They had enough Bitcoin. They knew they could short the market and, you know, whatever. Bitcoin will bounce back. It's resilient, but it's going to break the peg on Luna because Doe's going to have to sell that uh, Bitcoin. What they should have done, what he should have done is just let them break the peg on Luna. I mean, I could be wrong here but <laughs> it, it, it was an impossible situation because the system was flawed. But let the peg break on Luna and wait, right? I think that probably ultimately that Bitcoin could be worth more than the UST, most likely. Historically, yes, right? The fatal flaw was to give into the fear, give into the, you know, oh no, I have to sell all this Bitcoin now. And that was exactly what the market makers wanted to do. And, you know, yeah. I, I'd be crazy to think that there weren't, factions involved that want to see stable coins on the private, uh, in the private forum and also the non-reserve backed. There's a war in st- stable coin land, synthetic versus reserve backed. You know, I think there was a big win there. And you saw a huge outflow out of USDT. And you see Jeremy Allaire on Twitter, you know, huge inflows into USDC because it's reserve backed. And it's now becoming like the new king, right? So I'm a big believer in reserve backed. I, I also think there's a war on stable coins. And I think, you know, I guess here's another prediction. I also am a big believer in CBDCs, but, you know, to quote Tom Emmer, we really need to protect the privacy of the American public. If it's open, free and private, then, you know, I support it. Emmer supports it. People in crypto should support it. But my prediction is that as the CBDs start to come online, watch as you'll see various countries, regulators start to crack down on the private stable coins because it is competition, right? Watch them also crack down on what they allow you to buy and not buy. Hoping not, you know, but that's that's definitely, and that has been the case for a while, right, of, um, you know, on the security side, you know, it, and uh, the former security SEC commissioner said, said in a statement, uh, Hinman, and this has become part of the Ripple case, uh, cryptocurrencies can, tr- what they call, transmogrify over time, so they can move from a security to a commodity and so forth. But, you know, what I was working on with the and I just retweeted this the other day, the Cryptocurrency Act 2020, uh, it wasn't popular at the time. People said, oh, you know, how dare you classify these things and assign regulars? But turns out, uh, you know, I was right, because if we don't do that, we're going to have some blow ups. We always do in crypto. Anybody that's that's been around here for a while knows that that's like part of the space. We have great moments and we have big blow ups and it's all very dramatic. But. Um, How do we how do we protect ourselves from knee jerk reactions to, you know, oh, all stable coins are bad now or um, you can only buy Bitcoin? (laughs) I know that's probably not going to happen. But in New York, for example, the bit license has become so restrictive. It's very, very difficult uh, for any cryptos to, you know, survive in that environment and for innovation to survive. So I think that we do need to have, you know, clear guidelines of different types of stable coins, who are their assigned regulators, paths to launching. Like I, I want to applaud Hester Pierce at the SEC for saying, you know, um, we should have a grace period for, for new cryptos, right? Um, where they, they have some time to achieve decentralization. And then you have uh, agencies defining what is decentralization. We know what it is in our communities, but and we're going a hundred times, a thousand times the speed of financial innovation prior to 2009. But how, you know, can we go faster while being responsible, right? And uh, maybe not. But um, I think that one way to that is by you know giving by regulators giving that clarity. And I think that unfortunately, what's going to end up happening is, like you said, there's going to be knee jerk reactions. And, you know, you may be kind of forced into, like, what you can buy based upon where you live. I really... And, and Marshall, that but sucks. if you think about
3: it, it's like, and, and look at what's about to happen right here. It's like, that's just the U.S., right? And it's like these, and just to go back to some of the centralized exchanges, like, you know, I, I definitely have it written on a notepad. And I can, I can prove that I've kind of called it here. But look at what's happening with UST and Luna right now. They've, they're creating a Luna Classic. UST Classic. And all Doe had to do was go get buy, go get a couple of the main centralized exchanges to agree to now relist the new asset. They can go take a snapshot of like an hour before, they can fork it, and then they get Binance and OKX just announced eight minutes ago that they're going to do it. They're potentially going to just snap their fingers and recreate this. Um, and it, it's like on one hand, it's like fantastic. People get their money back on the on the second hand, you're kind of like, what? <laughs> you know, they're taking a brand that was created and and that is out there that, you know, now has kind of failed in a way. Um, you know, whether it was attacked or not or what, what was going on probably was, but it's like, I don't know if this other route is right either, right? But it just goes to show that it's like, hey, if I can go get the New York Stock Exchange to say that you know, my stock is worth $50 a share based on whatever else is out there. Like now I have a $50 billion company. And so this is going to be interesting to see what happens here, because of course people are going to vote to approve this new token. Like, why not? Oh, I have an opportunity to get my money back. Yeah, absolutely. I'm voting for that. Um, So I don't know. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens here and how quickly, like you're saying, everything's happening so fast. It's like, how would you even regulate against that? Can people in the U.S. now not participate and log in with their, their, you know, decentralized wallets to get access to potentially whatever airdrop is out there. And then, but at the end of the day, you know who makes the most off of this? The same people that were pushing Terra and Luna at four cents saying, are you going to go Lambo? Or are you going to go like live on the streets? Like there's exchanges saying this out there when it was Not at four, four cents and people got ruined. And they're the one, them and the market makers right now are about to make more money Off of what's about to happen with Lunar Terra, so I know we're veering
2: off here, but I think it's really important. I want to say you know and like what you said. um, So I don't want to be all doom and gloom here because on one hand I I agree that like you know I think there's a lot of there's a war on retail right there's a war on retail going on and you need to go to Lunar Crush and read what people are saying right and get the you know and get the the data and you need to use platforms like Metal Pay that are not Coaxing you, you know what to do. Just giving you the platform. I think that people need to uh, take it slow with with some of these things. And and you know, when it comes to the innovation around something like Terra, you know, it's cool what happened. But I, I think ultimately, or it's not cool what happened. It's cool. It's cool what uh, was built. You know, th- there's this network with with a synthetic dollar. But I, I think that it took off very quickly because of the greed. And now you have this kind of race back into, you know, uh, let's let's create this so we can get some exit liquidity so we can leave. Or is it a real revival, right? And people are going to try and build on it. So I, I really don't know. I really couldn't tell you. This has been really interesting for me to watch. And I'm just, I'm honestly not sure, but I do believe in the power of community. And if there are a lot of people building on this thing and they have different apps and they're reviving it, then that's great. I I ultimately think, what should happen is that TFL and, you know, Doe they should be reduced, right? Like they should, there should have been some vote to, in my opinion, reduce or completely kind of wipe it. And then they should be able to kind of come back if they want to, if the community wants it grant it back to them. But I think there, I don't think that it should be like, let's start over with the same ratios because um, I don't know if it was managed properly from the core dev team there. I think obviously not. Right. And they're, I think there could be criminal actions, it sounds like I was reading that could come in Korea and stuff like that. And it's not a good look for the space. So but at the same time, I do believe in revivals, right? And I do believe in community kind of driven things. But you know, the big question is, is this BitConnect 2.0, right? If you remember that when BitConnect collapsed, and they're like, wait, it's coming back. No, yeah, it's not. It is definitely not coming back. This is different because I think Bitcoin or Bit Bit, sorry, BitConnect was a was just a website. Or something. Was there even ever a blockchain? They, I don't know. The, Whatever that name was with that one. Guy, I, I forget. Like Carlos, what his name? Carlos was.
3: Matos. Yeah, Matos. That's yes. I me. Mean, that's one of our what's favorites. The, what's the,
2: what's up? <laughs> crypto never disappoints. But I think ultimately, well, I, you know, to end this on a high note, uh, what I will say is that crypto is a resilient, evolving organism, and uh, whether Terra Two collapses or not. These lessons will be learned and absorbed, and we're going to get stronger and stronger. And I think what we as a community in the crypto community you need to recognize is the war on retail, the bad behavior, the bad stuff. Recently, I've been really liking a lot of um, one of the Dogecoin founder, Billy Marcus's tweets, because he's just been so real You know, with people. We've got to be more real and we've got to stop chasing gains. we got to start chasing knowledge. And I keep saying it over and over and over. But I think especially during the bear markets my words are hitting now. Here here. He's got such a great account. I love Billy M2K whatever his, his account is awesome. You got to just have fun with it, you know? You got to have fun whether things are going up or whether we're going down. If we're having fun, we're winning. If we're all focused on profits and blaming and you know or 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 the opposite, you know, irrational exuberance. It's not fun, right? We got to get back to fun. I, I just want to say Lunar Crush is great for me because when I get on it, it's like I really can see all the like positive trends of different cryptos that I want to look at. I can see the criticisms and I can sort through like the top influencers and like go see what they're saying. Um, you want to have fun with it, right? And that's, that's what for me, crypto is about is about really enjoying the experimentation and the community and stuff like that. I hate I hate all the financial... Noise, like it's cool, but it's very distracting, right? I wanna, I wanna touch on on one thing that we just recently launched, and you
4: just mentioned the word noise. And you know, we two days ago we launched, we called it Lunar Crush Sparks. And you know, on the front end, it looks very simple. It looks like a thumbs up and a thumbs down on the dashboard, which are on our dashboard. It's a feed of the the latest uh, news posts, insights, and various things out there. Um, you know, we we built models to clean data. Um, remove spam remove bots as best we can right and there's there's kind of you sort of hit these upper limits of what you can do and we need the help of the community um and and what's been so interesting is like the community is going in and they're like they're reporting on maybe when something is like like not classified properly if it's spam if it's like hate or whatever it is like or if it's valuable and so um it's been so interesting. I mean, I, I need to look at the numbers, but hundreds of thousands in just the last few days here. But like, we're, we're literally training at scale across millions of users right now. And so what that means is it means that as the data comes into Lunar Crush, the system gets smarter and smarter over time. And what that means is that like you could translate that out to more accurate metrics across every coin, more accurate metrics across every influencer, stronger insights. And so we're super no super bots. excited about it. Yes, that's what it's all about. End the bots,
0: please. <laughs> that's the goal. Awesome. Cool. Well, look, that uh, that brings us to, towards the end. So, look, we just want to thank you so much, Joe, John, for, for coming along today and speaking with us. Um, you know, love what you're doing. Really looking forward to see how it progresses. And, yeah, thanks thanks a lot. Of course. We, we
3: appreciate it. Always, we always we have fun chatting with you guys. Come back on to Lunar Crush Live whenever you want. Let us know. Oh, we'll be there for sure.
2: <laughs> Cheers, everyone. Have a great thank, day. Thank you all. See you all right. Next. all, all right. right. Thanks a lot. Bye.
1: Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was the Proton Blockchain Episode 4 of Web3 Starts Here, discussing social communities in Web3 with Lunar Crush, recorded on Thursday, May 26th, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening if you'd like to keep on listening, head on over to terraspacesorg donate and show some support. They say rapping is the gateway Bringing home great pay, checking that replay, sing along and we say Nobody gives a fuck around my way I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality the money comes from doing shows, but then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo. I've been asking all my friends fucking rap on the patio Six feet motherfucker, step the fuck back Doing a little magic pulling rabbits out the rucksack Not everybody's always in it for the money Looking like another crooked Sunday and I'm working Monday So you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods Amazed to play Inception, the base stay blessed
0: See, even with these huge sums of
3: overall royalty <laughs> These sums <laughs> of money that go to the record label per playback Can seem insultingly small small, many rights holders are taking around three quarters, three quarters of a
2: Only some portion of that for the actual artists,
3: they even say they're penny's making pennies per play. Until they can figure out how to turn a profit, their future
1: will always be in question. But for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund pennies, pennies per, 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 per play. Another day, another lesson, living in the eighth dimension, might be worth a little mention, living in the great depression, got a real regal feel, reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal, just to make a motherfucker wish. Ah shit, now you only got two left, you know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends, you know what I'm